are back and better than ever. At least that's what people say. Roman Harper, how the hell are you? I'm good, man. Um, I'm good. I'm healthy. I'm, I'm living. I'm on this side of the ground. It's uh, Life is good, man. I'd be selfish. I was complaining. I w- I'm glad to hear that. You want to talk about drugs? Well, you said you're going to bring this up, so I'm all the way ears for this. I'm really excited to hear where this conversation is going to go. So I talked about this on my radio show the other day, and I was curious if you'd heard any uh, – well, if you've heard of it, A, but B, if you knew anybody, former players or anything, that have tried this. So I think you and I have talked about this. I'm a big fan of HBO Real Sports, the show, and you've, I know you've probably seen it. But they did a, a – you should watch this. They did uh, a feature in part of the November episode from David Scott – about uh, psychedelics and sports and how, you know, they are using uh, and they what they used was an example of a former NHL hockey player, won two Stanley Cups, a guy named Daniel Carcillo. Remember Kerry Rhodes that played in the NFL? Yes, I know. All right. So Kerry Rhodes and then uh, who then two other former mixed martial artists. And they all had dealt with brain trauma, um, concussions, depression, I think in some cases PTSD. And this is like deeper research that's been done, I believe, by the Department of Defense with uh, returning veterans, special forces, guys like that especially, where they are actually using LSD, um, uh, psilocybin, which is the active ingredient in mushrooms. Um, so LSD, mushrooms, and, oh, I'm missing another one, but basically psychedelic and hallucinogenic drugs to rewire and remap, and in some cases, just shake loose the brains of, mm-hmm. of guys who've been in either combat sports, collision sports, and have suffered brain injuries, but also a lot of deep results. As So, yeah, I mean, they're getting people so, high as hell and remapping their brains. So, I, I don't know about the drug aspect of it, but I do understand how strong and how powerful the brain is. And yeah. when it is connected to depression, uh, just knowing former football players, teammates of mine, and I do know a friend of mine that um, one of my former teammates was really struggling and went and got his brain checked and has been working with these uh, different brain activity type people in California. And he is in a better place because of it. Um, he's been able to what you that that term shake up the brain like yeah. they were able to reconnect some things where like he wasn't having normal activity in certain parts of your brain like that all is connected. I don't know about the hallucinogen. Kyle, I just don't know if I'm ready to let go of my mind. Well, I like hear that. Th- th- see, that's the only that's my thing. thing. I'm like, because I, I don't was, know if I'm yeah. ready to let go. Like, that. I've got some I buddies. Uh, yeah, that we all have some buddies. Yeah. But like, I got, I got some buddies that you know really went down that rabbit hole and can mm-hmm. tell you some stories about some things, some trips they had, some experiences yes. and, and moments they made. But I, I had a, we had a buddy who I shouldn't say this. We had we, I know a guy because um, I got a great story. My boy told me about one in, when he was in high. What's when, the Keanu my, Reeves movie? School. Hard Knocks. Um, Am I, I'm thinking right. Yeah, Keanu Reeves, uh, Little League Baseball. Oh, um, yeah, I don't know this one. Oh, Go ahead. Well, anyway, so you remember the kid that played with the, the headphones on? Mm. Um, was listening to Biggie when he was playing? I like it already. Okay, so you haven't seen this movie. No. Damn it. There's this kid. Uh, it, basically, Keanu Reeves is the white coach coaching a, a group of black Little Leaguers, and they – I can't remember the exact plot of the story. It's pretty good. But anyway, the point of the story is he, he plays with the headphones on. So we had a buddy, and – Every once in a while, as, sto- as the story goes, we'd have, like, these midnight games of, of wiffle ball when we were uh-huh. in college. And uh, his favorite thing to do was to take a drop, of, take a hit of acid and come out and play wiffle ball all night. <laughs> and he would wear his Walkman headphones and listen to music while he was tripping on acid and playing 
wiffle ball with us. <laughs> and he was a good ball player. Like, he played at a 4A high school in Northern Virginia. Like, he played on a good t- – they, they either won the state championship game or played in it, and he was a starting center fielder. So, I mean, he was nice. a good ball player. Yes. And he loved to drop acid and put his headphones on and play wiffle ball until 3 o'clock in the morning. It was his favorite thing. So, the way it was described to me, though, and it's really cool – um, and what you ought to, you really should watch this story. You'd be fascinated by it. Uh, it's kind of like it just reignites and uh, these neural pathways that connect their left and right side of the brain, mm-hmm. um, and it it just it evens you out, I guess, and it 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 addresses the part of you that are either broken or stopped up where you're blocking out. I don't know, man, but it's it's to watch these guys and to listen to some of those dudes who went through that and mm-hmm. like the way they were before and the way they are now. Yeah, it's like it makes you want to cry that somebody got that kind of relief. And how wild it is that after all these like years and decades of the big pharmaceutical industry and all the, and I, I, this is not a you know big pharma conspiracy theory thing. It's just it's hallucinogenic drugs that people were doing back in the '70s that are apparently giving former special forces guys and former NFL players and and fighters some relief and like fixing their depression and things like that. It's wild. So, I did watch a Netflix special or something. Um, my wife and I were talking. Sorry, let me turn this thing down. No, you're good, man. Was um, they talked about like I think one of the first doctors that to work with all that LSD type stuff, the acid, all those drugs back in like the 70s or 60s. He was like he really was. It was all about trying to be health purposes. It was where yeah. the mind was trying to go and all these. So, but they never government wise never funded it. That's what it was. And then they ended up banning it and making it illegal and attacking it and all this other stuff. And that's not where it was supposed to originally. Uh, go so that was one interesting thing and that's why you talk about with the you know uh, the big pharma stuff I I mean the way America treats drugs what's what what's legal what's not Uh you know it's just uh, I, I was you, you, that's a rabbit hole I don't even want to try and go. Well, down, so. we don't really have to because you're right. We could go a lot of different <laughs> directions with that yeah, conversation. Right, like yeah, the history of drugs is fascinating. Like the fact that you know it's the, really cool. Like that is one thing that I've been appreciating my adulthood, Kyle, is that I've continued to learn more about things like that. Uh, when you watch different uh, movies and documentaries and you start to dig and read and do some of that stuff on your own, you learn a lot more. Um, my wife is always reading. She's always I think your vocabulary gets bigger. It's oh, without of, question. It's a lot of benefits Speaking to it. Speaking of that, remind me of this. I'm going to write this down so we can come back to it. I'm about two-thirds of the way through Matthew McConaughey's biography right now. Okay. I started that uh, a couple of nights ago. It is phenomenal. And okay. It is the book that we needed in 2020 to help us get through it. Uh, you're right. I, I used to read all the time. And for the past, I don't know, four or five years, I almost stopped reading. And you're right. It makes a huge difference. And, you know, the, the, your vocabulary, the way you think, all that stuff. But, yes, about the drugs, you're right. We don't have to go deep down the rabbit hole. But two things. Have you seen the Netflix series about – it's called Drugs. Have you seen it? No, I've seen – You've heard of this? I've heard of it, yes. Okay, so there's an – each individual episode is dedicated to a, a drug. Different drug. Right, yeah. so heroin, marijuana, which should have been a list. Um, you know, but it, all the different drugs, the hallucinogenic drugs, I mean, the hard narcotics – Mushrooms. I mean, it goes through the history of the uh, the trafficking and sale of. I mean, it's wild. It, it's a really well done documentary. That's the first thing you should watch. That uh, second thing. Speaking of drugs, Mike Tyson said he got high before he fought Roy Jones Jr. and he got <laughs> high right after he was done fighting Roy Jones Jr. And I thought about that because you were talking about the way we like the stigma on drugs in America and the yeah. way that we've always done it. That's what got me thinking about it earlier because I brought it up on my radio show and I prefaced it by saying. You know, I said, you know what? I've, back in the day, I wouldn't have brought so this I didn't up. W- tell me this, though, Kyle. Like, uh, 
Mike, did he win that fight? Because my boy said he watched it. I didn't watch the fight. I was driving back home. Hold on. But, like, back in the day, we would, like, you wouldn't just casually talk about smoking weed on the Hell radio. no. But, like, five more states just legalized it in the last election. So, I yeah, mean, it's, it's well past the point where we can talk about it openly. So, Mike did that. They said marijuana won. It was what, who's the true winner? That was the true winner <laughs> of the 2020 presidential <laughs> it was, election. It was marijuana. It was yes. marijuana. Five, five more states got added to the portfolio. Congratulations, marijuana. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, no, like, like Tyson was – so you didn't watch the, the fight? No, I was driving. I didn't watch either one of them. I did see my. I did see the. You saw Nate Robinson get knocked see, out. I mean, he was out. Out. Did you hear this? You hear Snoop Dogg's call? Yeah, dude. Snoop was hilarious. He said, "Call the ambulance." Somebody Snoop Dogg needs to be on every boxing broadcast <laughs> crew for the rest of Showtime's existence. You all. That, that, that's I didn't. The, I didn't watch that. I heard he was really funny. So my boy Zach Street texts my uh, group chat, and Zach does. He's the voice of the New Orleans Saints, so he understands a lot of that stuff. Uh-huh. And he said. Man, he said they should, Snoop Dogg should be on more of these things. Like he was awesome. Yes, he said just listen to him. There's no such thing as too much Snoop Dogg on on TV. It's no such thing. So if you can put him on all of your Showtime boxing matches, please do that. That's amazing. That's for, that, <laughs> I can't wait to hear him do another one because I'm sure they're asking for it. And he plays it up on Instagram. So um, I thought it was hilarious. I couldn't believe I read it right this morning. It said Jake Paul. Yeah, it is Jake, right? Yes, it Jake is. Paul landed eight punches the whole fight. But he landed the ones that mattered. Yeah. Eight, eight punches the whole fight. <laughs> they said uh, they should have stopped it after he he knocked down Nate the first time. Nate looked like he was swimming in his own head. Oh, after oh that so one. he knocked him down the first. So that's what I don't know. I didn't even know. I told you I hadn't seen the fight. Yeah, he looked kind of wobbly then. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he it, looked kind of wobbly then. <laughs> yeah. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I mean, as far as like the Tyson Jones fight goes, like there were some moments in that where it so, was. So so hold on, because we got. I can't just let you pass over Nate now. Okay, dude did get dropped. Hold and, on, hold on. Dude. And when I saw, so I only saw the highlight, Kyle. And when I saw it, I was like, well, first of all, you got to understand, I'm driving back from Alabama. And I'm, my mind's not even on this fight or okay. thinking anything about right. it or any undercar. I'm not any on that. I'm just trying to drive back home. And I get a text to my group chat, and my boy's like, Nate Robinson just, just got murdered. And I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God, who killed him? Like, like is he you okay? Thought, so you thought, like, actually. Yeah, I oh did. Man. I was like, oh, oh, holy, holy crap. Like that's, like, that's a take your breath away kind right, of I was like, right, Nate yeah. Robinson just got killed, like. Like what happened? Like, like this couldn't have. And then it's horrible. Yeah, that's awful. And Did then you mad at him? Did you yell at him? I would have. And then they, I saw the highlight. Reggie, Reggie came in and said some other things, and it was just like, oh dang. And Reggie sent the the video of it, and I mean, when his face hit the ground that hard, he, I mean, he, first of all, he was out before his face hit. Yeah. Which I guess that's a good thing. I've never been hit like that, nor do I ever want to be hit like that. Yeah. So um, he got clocked and there is no that just lets you know there is no play boxing. That's what my boy said. There oh, is, yeah, there is no play. Boxing. Somebody, I saw somebody else put that out there. There's no such thing. There's, you don't play boxing. <laughs> you don't play. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> but I saw a couple highlights of this guy, uh, Paul, uh, Jake Paul. Um, Which I can't stop thinking of the State Farm commercials every time I say Jake Paul. I don't know why. I know it's Chris Paul, but like every time I hear Jake Paul, all I think I want to like do a State Farm commercial. Yeah, it is State Farm, right? But yeah. he's a YouTube baller though, or whatever. I guess this whole thing that, that's like the, that's the general. I'm a, I said today I'm a 35 year old millennial. I know who some of these people are. I don't know what most of them are famous for other than, oh, yeah, YouTube. That's it. I don't know anything else. Completely missed that. Yeah, that's that one missed me. I didn't get to that one. But no yeah, so Steve Smith was on the show today, and he sent me this. And he didn't try to take credit for it. But it was – I mean, it had the – list. I mean, I lost it. The listeners were laughing hard. Um, I think Steve – because Steve bought the fight Saturday night too, and he said – 
They need to name a NyQuil flavor after Nate Robinson because that boy was out sleeping. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. So, but it's true. Oh, it was bad. He was out, though. And I respect him for getting in the ring. Yeah, of course. Because but they're, then, they're, but like, when his head hit, though, yeah. so hard. Yeah. Boom. And and my boy that was watching, he's like, dude, Nate Robinson wasn't blocking. Why wasn't he blocking, Kyle? He said he wasn't blocking. Yeah. He said he was just swinging. I think Nate did some light sparring <laughs> leading up to that fight, and that was about it. And Jake Paul was throwing them hands. Oh, dude. He, he slept other guys in, in training. Dude, he's – Like, I, he he swings very hard. I, I, he doesn't look like he'll ever be a great boxer to me, but he, he swings hard. <laughs> I mean, that, dude, that dude's going to hit you. He's going to get his money's worth, too. He definitely did with Nate Robinson. Wow. I feel bad for him, man. He's going to be on every meme, every gif, every – I mean, for the end of time. So, Kyle, the the best meme I saw was they uh, they showed the after fight of Mike Tyson and and, um, uh, Roy Roy Jones Jr. And – sorry, this didn't come to me for a second. And they they had Nate Robinson's body in the background. I was like, oh, Nate Robinson was still down (laughs) (laughs) at the end. I was just like – Dude, this guy, he's going to be one of those memes. He's going to be the Michael Jordan crying face meme. Yes. This for is a it. long time. For a, <laughs> it's long, not going anywhere. a long, long time. As a matter of fact, I'm going to pull open my phone right now. If I was Nate, I would try and hashtag and try and, like, you need to try and gain as much. Um, you need to buy as much of your, the rights of as many things of those as you can. But I don't think oh. I think it's too far gone. Let me find out here. So what what is this? We got uh, – I got to find the Nate, the, the Nate Robinson. First of all, somebody, like, I don't know if – I'm sure it was fake. I think the way it went was somebody somebody superimposed him onto a mattress for a mattress <laughs> store commercial. I saw that one too. You did? Yeah, I've already said Kyle, Kyle, uh, you know how many you know how many memes are coming out? Luckily I just oh, haven't so been good. on Instagram that much today. I told you I've been trying to work a little bit. I've been uh, Yeah, you've been trying to be good. You've been yeah, trying man. to be productive. I've been on the grind the last because I didn't get to watch as watch many this. games. Now look this at this weekend. right here. This is what I was talking about. Right before he gets knocked out. Um hold on me. I got yeah. Oh, he clocks him. Yeah, watch this. He looks he looks out of it right when he gets stood up, right before he comes back out and gets knocked out. I mean, does that look like a dude that needs to be fighting to you? Uh, I mean, he, he thinks he's still fighting. Oh, I'm sure oh. in his heart he thinks he's still going to win that damn thing. <laughs> Bro, he, but in in my opinion, <laughs> I don't know if he should have been sent back. I get it. I'm just glad he didn't uh, get up. Man, that was rough, dude. Well, you know, again, good for him for getting in the ring. Good, yeah. good on him for that. I mean, it made the pay-per-view, dude. It did. It was – People yeah. enjoyed it. I didn't. I didn't hear not one negative thing about it. That, I think that was the best part about it. Was, it was turned out to be a good pay per view. Whoever's it was, whatever they did, I thought it was. They all made money. They all got out. Um, they got the draw that they wanted out of Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. Um, nobody yep. won. Tyson made what ten mil? I think yeah. is what it was. Uh, did you see what George Foreman said? No, George. George, George, you know, George is getting the ring. He must have seen – did he say something about getting in the ring? No, not that he's going to get in the ring. But I, this is but this is going to be the most George Foreman thing you've ever heard. And <laughs> nothing about this is going to surprise you because I had the exact same reaction when I first saw it. Uh, I want to get the quote right. Here it is. The headline from USA Today. This is not where I saw it originally. George Foreman envisions path for 54-year-old Mike Tyson to get heavyweight title shot. Others are not convinced. You think? Most people are not going to be convinced that 54-year-old Mike Tyson, as good as he looked at 54 years old out there, and that dude looks like a machine still, he's not fighting Tyson Fury or Anthony Joshua or Deontay Wilder. It's not happening. No, no, no. He can't hurt them enough. I don't, you know, back in the day, I, 
Mike, like if the if Mike hit you, you were gonna go down. Oh yeah. And I don't think he still has that same pop. You just can't. I mean, Father Time's undefeated. Every I mean, athlete he's 54 knows fifty-four years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah, that's not real. I mean, it sounds great though. I mean, and good for him. He does look like a machine. He's Could, in better shape mentally than he's probably ever been. And I think he's healthy, man. I think it's a, this is one of the best versions of Mike Tyson. So I think we should appreciate it for the little. The, as many times as we're going to get it for however many times. So I think it was – I think everybody won. I think that was a really good thing. Um, Look, was, I'm not going to really pre- pretend to it be was funny. Teddy Atlas here. But, like – because, I mean, I, I, like, I really like From boxing. From what I've heard. You like boxing. I like boxing. But I don't pretend to be, you know – the. But, I mean, they said – you know, Snoop Dogg was on there. They said it was just a good night. Well, no, I know. Night. But what I was going to say is, like, Tyson still is a machine compared to mortal men at 50, 54 years old. Yes. Could he knock out Deontay Wilder? Sure. If he hit him hard, yes, he'd knock him out. Deontay Wilder could hurt him. Like no, if like he really caught him with him. a big right, big yeah. right hand, like that, he could that could be lights out. I'm just throwing that out there because I love. No doubt, I, I know Tyson has a, a. I mean, I know he's got a checkered pass and everything. I'm a, I love Mike Tyson. I like I loved his career. I love listening to him talk. I know the man's made mistakes. <laughs> I get, but I love listening to Mike Tyson sometimes. He's fu- and he, youngest heavyweight champion of all time. Imagine what that must feel like. You know, just both having been like 18 to 20 year old men. What it must have felt like to be the baddest man on the planet before you could even have a beer. That's pretty incredible. <laughs> Kyle, you said it. And he walked out there, and he had a look about him, too. That was the thing that you don't – Iron Mike Tyson had a look about him that scared – like, he came out black shorts, yep. black shoes, yep. and was about that action. And he didn't play, and he come right at you and was trying to knock you out. And I think he was the youngest to do it, and he had a way about it. He had a style about him that nobody – and nobody can ever re- forget. And everybody loved it. He, you know, Buster Douglas called him at the right time, the right moment. That was what it was. But it, his, his, he will all be, always be looked at. And a lot of people would consider if he wouldn't have gotten in trouble or if the things if, – if he would just been able to stay in the ring, continue to fight and box, that he would be known as probably the greatest headweight fighter of all time. A lot of people would try and make that argument. Well, you've heard it. Of course, you know, you still got the old school guys, but that's who people are going to say. But – Big his career, fans. his career yes. was so yes, his career was on top. It was nothing like anybody else's. No, that, that that's the thing because diehard boxing like and, purists, and he was making so much money at such a young age. Sure, and there there's some purists who will tell you that you know such and such boxer would have outboxed Mike Tyson. You know that if if they thought that, that Tyson could knock him out, but such and such would have outboxed him. Right, I've heard that from people in the past, and that's possibly very true. Like Muhammad Ali might have outboxed Mike Tyson. But Mike Tyson also might have knocked Muhammad Ali, you know, flat on his back. Yes. Because he's Mike Tyson. I would, none of us will ever know which way that fight will go. Uh, but when he when he got in the ring, it was electric because you knew that that thing could be over inside of 15 <laughs> seconds, depending upon who he was fighting. I mean, how, how many sub 45 second knockouts did he have in his career? It, it's it's you know an abnormally know. high number, I think. I just know what it sounded like when he hit people. Oh, yeah. Like when he hit people in the body, like it was like it hurt you watching it. I've heard some people (laughs) who were at those fights say watching Mike Tyson highlights. It's really good. Yes. It's one of the best YouTubes you can ever do is just go watch. It'll give you nightmares, too. It will. I'm like, man, this was a bad man. Mike Tyson literally gave me nightmares when I was a kid and I liked him. I liked him. I had nightmares as a kid of running into angry Mike Tyson in an alley (laughs) and knowing that I wasn't getting out of that. alley. I just know I couldn't beat him on his video game. Oh, yeah. Never beat him. Yeah, well, that's probably by design, <laughs> I, would, I would think. But, man, watching him fight was fun. And, you know, watching him back then, too, it was electric. You didn't know if he was going to knock somebody out. And as we came to know, you didn't know if he was going to bite somebody. There's just there's so many things, especially toward the back half of his career, that 
I don't know. I mean, there was a reason that anybody who, if you had the money and you were a fight fan, if he was fighting, you were buying it. You know, that, yeah, that's pretty much sure. how that went. Yes. And all of his money got lost somewhere in the process, too. So he had to go make it all back over again. But he's pretty good at that, too, apparently. Yeah, man. He made he, a lot of money in the weed business, too. That is very true. The same the same topic that we started That's on. That's right. They see coming full circle and everything right now. Yeah, he made man. a lot of money in the weed business. I think it's money to be made if you uh, get in and do it the right way. Where is that? So, yeah, no, we can keep talking here. But I think his, his is it a resort? Is it a ranch? I think it's in Colorado, right? Yes. I think it's, uh, let's see. It's Mike Tyson Weed Ranch. Yeah, four four hundred. Whoa, it's a four hundred and twenty acre cannabis resort. Yeah, that's it. The Tyson Ranch, a four hundred twenty acre cannabis resort. I wonder if most people know about this at this point. You think they do? Uh, Did you know about this place? No, you didn't know about it. No. Oh yeah, no. He's got a four hundred. Yeah, he's had this for a few years now. I know he's in the business, and I know he has, like, a, a big thing. You, me and you have talked about it sparingly. I don't know anybody bit. who's done it, but I have read from – well, I don't know anybody personally, but I've read people who've been out there, and they were like, yeah, it's first class. It's awesome. So, I mean <laughs> – I don't know what else to say about it. I haven't it, that's, I mean, it sounds awesome. I mean, I mean, why would you doubt it? Mike, Mike's done some really great things. He sure has. So, yeah, no, that was, that was a lot of fun. So, what, what's been new for you? How's uh, – How's covering the SEC for the first time in your career going? Um, it's been interesting, especially on, in 2020, I guess. Um, it hasn't always been about football. Uh, COVID continues to um, affect um, and dominate the headlines. Um, players are able to opt out now. That's another thing that they've been doing. And uh, coaches are starting to get fired. Um, I, I just it, – it's, it's football, but it's a little different. Uh, teams are starting to separate themselves. I thought Alabama continued to separate themselves from other teams in college football. Um, Clemson looks strong. I, I'm trying to watch some film on them. But I, but I want to see how Clemson can do. I don't know how good they are up front. You're not becoming an Alabama Clemson ain't played nobody hater, are you? No, no, no. Because you're an SEC I, guy. Sometimes, sometimes know, that I turns. Know. But. But I I did watch Trevor Lawrence throw that ball. Now he can throw the rock. Oh, did you catch much of that game on Saturday? No, I was. That's the game I was watching earlier on my iPad, just watching some film. I was watching. So I watched it. You know, you can see the TV version, but I wanted to like really watch them. So I'm I'm doing a little bit of studying on them. So I, I'm not hating on that. I'm just saying, as they get better competition, like Pittsburgh's not going to be able to do too much against them up front. But I think they have some. Pittsburgh blitzed them a lot. They really blitzed them. They tried to be aggressive. But as I was watching the game, uh, it seemed like Clemson started on really good field position quite a few times. Yeah. And that also helped kind of get the game out of the hands. I had, like. first of all, I was on uh, soon to be daddy duty on, mm -hmm. on Saturday. So we were. Uh, I saw Instagram, your Camille's uh, chest. I mean, uh, bump. Yeah. No, she's got, uh, she can't see her feet now. So that's good. Um, <laughs> it's real. Yeah, it is. It is. Not like, but now everything, every, every little thing that she does, I find myself like, worrying about it now yes. you know, because she still wants to walk the dogs and stuff and i'm like you're six and a half months pregnant that doesn't mm -hmm. I mean the the one dog's a, a, a tar he's a tasmanian devil we sure this is a good idea it's like i'm, <laughs> I'm about this in about everything right now but yeah so saturday we had the uh, uh we were doing the new uh spare bedroom and i had all the tvs on it clemson in one room alabama in the other room and i was going back and forth but i mean hell by the time i blinked clemson was up 17 to nothing yeah and then i came back five minutes later and it was 31 nothing at the end of the first quarter and i was like okay well i guess i can move on from this one now um yeah. and, and it was just over early that was by the way that was salty Dabo. that was um he hadn't been able to play hadn't been able to play in five weeks 
because he hadn't been able to play in five weeks, and it's Dabo. He, you know, he's going to stay in the headlines somehow, and it turned into this feud with Mike Norvell. And so, so Dabo is not Dabo has not been the people's champ as as he's always. I like only, Dabo. I do. I do. I not, like Dabo. I'm just saying of 2020, he hasn't been like the people's champ. This is the first time I can actually say Look, that he talks a lot, and so because he talks a lot, as you know, you talk mm-hmm. a lot, and, and he and they win a lot. And you win a lot when you lot. talk a lot Give and win a lot. That's what I mean. Mm-hmm. When you talk a lot and win a lot you're going to make all the headlines. And people yes. are going to sometimes blow up things that you say mm-hmm. into, you know, to a level of conversation that's unnecessary. And mm-hmm. that's definitely happened to Dabo. Sometimes he does it to himself. Yeah. And, you <laughs> know, for, this is one of those times where I just don't know why he won't let it go. That's my <laughs> only thing is that I don't – I wasn't in the room. I'm not over here yelling Florida State was right. Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't he, in the conversation. All I'm saying is, like – the man wants to keep this one alive, and I think this is turning into a feud, so I kind of hope Florida State gets good again because that could be a lot of fun because I don't think they like each other. You know what, Kyle? This is great. I would love to see this game being played now because like you are correct, Kyle. Every time this question comes up, Dabo's not saying, oh, I'm on to this game, or no, he is going to talk about it. Every time somebody asks him, he's going to tell his opinion about it, and that <laughs> – Hasn't changed. It almost continues to build on itself. Yep. So I like that a part about it. Maybe they can make this rivalry good. I, I like it. I just want Clemson to continue to be tested so then they are going to be playoff ready. I think if you can't expect these teams to – if you don't play the correct amount or enough games to be able to show that you're big game ready for college season, you're going to get in the playoffs and somebody's going to embarrass you because you haven't played in a big game. It takes big games, big moments – to play those games. AC, Clemson will have their chance when they play Notre Dame. They just need to continue to play better, continue to clean up some things. Um, their receiver number three seems like their main guy. Their I, I worry guy. about Florida State. I don't know their team names as much. Like I that. worry about Florida State. Did you read that? Florida um, State's not in a good place. They're, they're bad Clemson's going to beat them. They're going to drug them. Oh, this this is not going to stop for a couple of years. Like, this is not going to get that much better. And I'm just – like, that, that series specifically, but also <laughs> – it's going to be a minute for Florida State. I think, you know, they're going to have to give – if it wasn't Willie Taggart, you know, and I, I know there were some things that were obviously going wrong down there. Um, I, I wasn't huge on that hire for them when they made it. Uh, so, I wasn't surprised to see him let him go. I, I, I'm not – nobody can be sold but, on the fact that Mike Norvell's the guy to fix anything yet. And but so – But tell me this, though, Kyle. Also, is – with these other firings happening in South Carolina, in Vanderbilt, where do you – that's the same thing. You bring in these coaches – I'm not, and I'm not picking on Norvell. I'm talking about um, Willie Taggart. Uh, uh, who else did they have after Jimbo? Oh, uh, well, no, it went from yeah, Jimbo, Willie Taggart, right? Yeah. So if you don't get the like, how fast your program can kind of swing if it's not where it needs to be, the right, the wrong hire, the right, the not the right mix. How what teams and coaches? How do you know when you get a good coach? Oh. It's- I was gonna. I would have asked you that question because you know? I mean, you you've had a more firsthand experience with that than I have. But I do think that because I, Nick Saban has set the standard of I, everything, and I feel like we you got to know who you are as a university because everybody had trying to chase the standard. I get that. Yeah. But I think you need to know who you are, where you are, and if you get the right person, I think. It makes all the difference to winning a program. I, I really, really, truly well, feel no, that it way. does. And, and again, I don't think that you know. And coaching is only like twenty percent of it, dude. It's like the booster stuff. <laughs> like it's a whole bunch, Kyle. Oh, it's it's not bunch. just calling X's and O's. That, that's not it. Oh, you got to find the right guy. That, yeah, it, it's a, it's a different. Coaching process. is twenty percent of it. 
Well, it's funny you say that because I think South Carolina may be about to hire a guy that I, I've gotten to know pretty well over the years, and that's Shane Beamer, who is the associate head coach for Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. Um, I tried to get Shane to tell me the other morning if he was going to be the next head coach. He wouldn't, mm-hmm. he wouldn't tell me. Um, but he did promise me an interview, so I'm going to hold him to that. But, you know, he's, he's a guy who I – mean, he grew up raised by Frank Beamer, so he grew mm-hmm. up the son of a Hall of Fame coach. So he knows a thing or two already. And then, on top of that, he works for George O'Leary at Georgia Tech, works for Phil Fulmer at Tennessee, works, works for Sylvester Croom at Mississippi State, uh, goes back to work for his dad. Then he goes to work for Kirby Smart. At, oh, I'm sorry, I skipped one. Worked under Steve Spurrier at the best time in the history of Gamecocks football. Okay, um, so he has some ties there. Right, and then he worked under Kirby Smart at Georgia before taking the job at, at Oklahoma. So he grew up with a Hall of Famer for he, head coach. What, is he offensive? Uh, he's coached a tight end, special teams, uh, right. some running backs, some corners. Um, yeah, never been a head coach, never been a coordinator. You know, but he's been a recruiting coordinator. He's been an associate head coach. He's okay, yeah. Things like that. So, to your point, though, like – But Dab- I like those type of coaches anyway because they know how to run. Dabo's a very non-traditional hire, right? When they fired Tommy Bowden, they went with the wide receivers coach down the hallway and it just worked out. I agree um, with you. You know what I mean? But Dabo's always been a really good coach, though. Well, sure. But, I mean, nobody But he also had that. time, too. But nobody like, would have known that as my – like, no one – right. We None of us knew that. Most yes. people nationally, when they heard it, even a lot of Clemson people were like, what – that's hilarious. What do you mean? Who's our next head coach? Really? Mm-hmm. Like not not this guy, not Dabo Swinney. You know, when they looked at the name, they, they there's no they wouldn't have believed it. But you know, they made a smart hire, and he's Dabo knows football. You know what I mean? Dabo mm-hmm. knows the game of football. Is Dabo one of the elite tacticians in college football? Maybe not. But he's really good at hiring people who are. Yeah. And he's really good at like filling out a staff. He's really good at being the CEO of a program. He's really good at messaging. He's really good at inspiring. He's good at a lot of things. Uh, and I'm just making your point that, you know, it, you don't have to have the greatest tactical coach in the history of football at that level to be successful. In fact, there's a growing body of people who weren't, you know, elite coordinators who went on to be really good head coaches. So, yeah, man. And it, I'm just, I'm just, I just hate it when I see, teams and universities go out there and try and sign this sexy new coach's name or this new pick and and all this other stuff and and it doesn't work out and then it sets your program back and then you're not even you thought you were going to be here and then you take a step back then you make this new hire and you think it's going to be good and people you get excited and then all of a sudden you get worse Mm -hmm. and you're consistently not as good as even where you were and just think yeah, so <laughs> what is up, you know? And so, so so do you continue to ride that out or when do you make that next decision? And I see that happen so many times in college football. And as I, I used to talk to one of my friends that worked in the administrative side when it comes to these universities and, and with the NC2A, and he was just like, dude, you have no idea, Roman. They, they don't understand people always trying to win it. So many times these universities are trying to win the interview. They're trying to win it, and they want to look like they're making the right decision. And he's like, and you can't ever – and don't ever let them tell you they don't have enough money because <laughs> they've come up with some, bro. And he's like, bro, it's crazy. Like, it, oh, That's the one thing that's – I mean, they, they, they're really good at crying poor. Yeah, they're, they're really good at crying poor. He's like, don't ever let them tell you that because it ain't. I was like, bro, they, I'm like, man, there's no way that Muschamp that, – I mean, Muschamp had a really big uh, – and not only that, but if they want to try and go get – um. And I know I can't really – they don't want me talking names, but the coach from Liberty. Hugh um, Freeze. Yeah, Hugh Freeze. You know, Hugh Freeze – I mean, that's a large buyout. It's a big buyout. He was like, bro, don't, don't even listen to that. He's like, none of that stuff matters. But I, I want – I would love to see your guy get it because – Who? Um, At Charlotte? 
No. Oh, Oklahoma. Oh, yeah, no, Shane. Okay. No, yeah. I, they, they like him because, I mean, he has ties to the – let's yeah. be honest about it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's be honest about it. South Carolina is not exactly a powerhouse. I don't they think don't, so. Some people think it's a great job. I had no, a it is a good mine. job. I, I mean, well, I mean like a top 20 job. It's not that. I agree. It's, it's not, not a top 20 job. That's <laughs> he not. said that, and I'm like, no way. Nope. No not way. a top 20 job. Um, and you're way behind in Clemson, too. Like, you, And you're far behind. And the SEC East is ascending right now. So South Carolina's really, really – got to know where you're at when you take that job. Yeah. No, South and Carolina it, is a good it, job. Is it yes. a top 20 job? My, no, I agree with you. It's not a top 20 and it's, job. And it's going to be really hard when you're that far behind. You're behind Florida, Okay. You're behind Georgia, big t- like you're behind these teams in the SEC East that you got to play every year. All right, you're you can be better than Kentucky. You can be better. You got Missouri, who seems with Drinkowitz, they could be getting better. Yeah. All right. So he might, he might be better than I thought, and not not that I thought he was bad. I just didn't know what he's he on was. my he's on my list of coaches of the year. Well, I just in he spent SEC. a year at App State. We didn't really have much of a sample size on the guy. No, and he, he, he was, got in and got out. Well, I know, but, but my only point is he was playing with Scott Satterfield's players. And so what did we really know about the guy as a head coach? So I just doubted it a little bit because I thought he had, you know, just a limited track record. I was That's ex- all. I was a little excited to see it too, um, just to see what was going to happen. But he um, – I'm just it, – it's kind of funny though because I think they've played so much better. I, I didn't think he knew that they had Connor Bazelak, you know, the quarterback that they have playing for him. Um, he didn't know that they should have probably started him out the whole year. They'd be a lot better. And they also they've been hit by COVID and some other situations. They got they got more players back, so they're healthier now than they ever been. So they're going to continue to look better, and they're going to continue to play better. He's on my short list of coach of the year. Him, Sam Pittman, uh, and they play each other this weekend, and um, that's going to be a great matchup, dude. I may have to pick against Arkansas. I don't know if Arkansas is better than Missouri right now. Yeah. Missouri. Well, I mean, get, getting back to it though, I, I think that. Yes. Um, and Nick Saban's on my list, too. He's done a hell of a coaching job this year. Yeah, I mean, South Carolina's a good job. It's it's a good job. It's not a great job. You can turn a job into a great job how do you, if how you do you, a great how job. How do you get kids to go to South Carolina if I'm in the state of South Carolina and Clemson? Well, they did for a while. It was, and you think about it, like when it was the Jadavian Clowney, Alshon Jeffrey, Marcus Lattimore. Um, I know I'm missing one. I mean, there were some less heralded guys that were – like Stephen Garcia was a good quarterback. Um, yeah. And, and so that was a period Where of was time. he from? Uh, I think he's from South Carolina, uh, oh, yeah? but that's where I believe. But that's where that was a period of time where South Carolina was really spitting out a lot of talent. South Carolina's not spitting that's out as, as much talent now as it All was right. then, but it yes. goes through cycles. And so uh, it's not like you know South Georgia and Alabama where you just have it every freaking year. Um, so Alabama has the benefit of the greatest coach of our lifetime. Oh, I know you two know of them. <laughs> two of them. Which other one? What do you mean, Saban and Bear Bryant? You've had oh, well, yeah. Well, I, Bear Bryant died when I was born, so I don't really count him as my lifetime. But, yes, Bear Bryant is the other one. Oh, well, sure. But yes. I'm just saying, like, two of the Mount Rushmore coaches of college yes. football. We we have two of them. If it was – how many are on there? Four? Yeah. Four? If you have a Mount Rushmore, Bear Bryant and Nick Saban is going to be up there. And that's both for our universities. We so. can't bring a Mount Rushmore conversation to a podcast. That'd be so lame. <laughs> but, no, but, that's, but the point's the point. It's a good point. Speaking of Bear Bryant. I'm going to go off on a tangent here. Okay. You ready for this? Because it just reminded me. So I told you I'm reading uh, Matthew McConaughey's book, right? Yes, the, you the, did. The you mentioned that. I think somewhere in the furthest reaches of my mind, I might have heard about this before, but I knew nothing about it. So I didn't know this. Matt McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey's dad played for Bear Bryant at Kentucky. I did not know that. Yeah, so his, name, his dad played college football at Kentucky. 
and uh, like apparently now he was a big bear of a man. Um, maybe not the way that we consider him today in college football in the NFL. Like he was apparently 6'4", 210 pounds, 215 pounds. That's a mammoth. <laughs> so he was a monster of a man back then. But, yeah, no, his dad played for Bear Bryant at Kentucky. How about that? That's awesome. I didn't know that at all. Yeah. I mean, I mean, as deep as Matthew McConaughey is about Texas. like, Well, yeah, well, and he grew up there, so, like, he's a Texas yeah, guy. Yeah, I wouldn't have think Kentucky, but, though. I wouldn't have thought that connection dude, at his, all. Dude, his book tells some stories. Like, he, he's got – And they love Bear Bryant up there in Kentucky, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. They love him up there. So, but like he grew up in, his, he grew kind of, his dad was kind of an outlaw too. And so he, like Matthew McConaughey has lived a life and, and grew and up. Does he talk a lot, tells you every, all kinds of stuff, huh? Yeah, it's a good read. Like I said, it's not, you know, it's not that it's, I don't know. All, all I know is it's a good read. It's like the kind of read we need in 2020. Okay, got Because it. it's, a, it's a positive sort of, it's not a, like a self-help or it, it's just a kind of his roadmap through life. Yeah. And this dude went on like a student exchange run after high school out in Australia, lived with these terribly strange people <laughs> and he traveled the world. He rode motorcycles with a couple of also future former or future famous actors. They rode motorcycles across Europe and like the Swiss Alps and stuff. I mean, he's done some. That's something he, my wife would want to do. Uh, well, yeah. And, and uh, he's lived an interesting life. But yeah, I almost did that, by the way. Uh, before, the, really? well, before the COVID thing shut us down, you know, I was going, to, uh, was going to Europe back to Italy for that wedding. I think I told you this. So I was going yes. to, uh, to a wedding in Italy and we were going to fly into London. Uh, and then I think spend a night, fly to, to Paris, spend two nights, and then I think fly or drive to Switzerland, to Zurich. And then we were going to rent a car and drive from, uh, from Zurich into Italy for the wedding and drive through the Swiss Alps and the Italian Alps on the way there. Mm-hmm. And we were going to do that back in, uh, I think, April? Yeah, I think it was April. And that's when the COVID stuff – I mean, Italy was one of the first countries that got you know, hit hard and shut down. Yes, and did. So we didn't have a choice. Yes, we, I our, do remember We this. had to cancel our trip. So I was pretty bummed about that. It stinks. It does but, stink. I mean, it's 2020. It is. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> we can chalk everything up to that. No doubt we about it. We can chalk about. everything up to that. But All that right. was my sidebar. Go back. Yeah. What, what you thinking? All right. So now I'm thinking, let's talk a little ball here. Because okay. I watched the Carolina Panthers game. Well, I watched some of it. Most of it. How did they lose that game, Kyle? Did you watch it at all? The Panthers? Yes. It was horrible. How did they lose that game? Were the, were, the, were the fans mad today on your show? Uh, I wouldn't say mad. Uh, like maybe irritated slightly. Okay. Teddy didn't play very well. No, he missed a couple throws. Missed he a lot of throws. He didn't play well in the dome. No, he didn't. Um, you know, and and like, mm, he see. missed DJ Moore too on that last touchdown. Yeah, like twenty five, thirty percent of his of his yardage yesterday was like on two throws. One was kind of like a heave to Curtis Samuel trying then, to get him in the field goal range, and the yep. other was the run after catch from Robbie Anderson. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway. Uh, yeah, he didn't play well. And, uh, but defensively, you got to get a stop. They've been play- well, but see, that's the thing, though. You're right. You do. You got to get a stop. But you go back to Detroit. They played like seven straight quarters of really good defensive football. No, no, no. I thought they played good the other day, too. They well, scored two touchdowns. Okay, but what people were saying to me today is, and I saw it, too, like, you know, all of a sudden they went from, you know, mixing up their fronts, being kind of aggressive, blitzing a little bit to three-man front. I hated that last Russian, drive. I mean, that I, last what did drive you see on that? That last drive I hated. I thought they sat back – you can, Minnesota picked up two chunk plays way too easy, like early in the drive. Oh, yeah, yeah, big time. Like, boom, boom. And it, they didn't take any clock. And that was what – that's what was so The tough. second one to Rudolph or the first one? It was – I can't oh, remember. Hell, I think he caught three of them, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was a boom, boom. They, they really got off to a hot start in that drive. Uh, Kirk Cousins really was – 
he was dialing it up on fourth quarter. So the way Minnesota's playing, you got to be a little bit more aggressive. It's because you know he's playing well in the fourth quarter. You got to know you're playing. And um, I thought I thought they, but the Panthers' defense scored two touchdowns. That was that was crazy. I've never seen um, with Jeremy Chen pretty much locked up rookie of the year with with that one. <laughs> For anybody who didn't see it, he had he had consecutive defensive touchdowns. I've never seen that before, Kyle. It's never thinking. happened before. And it was like back-to-back plays. I'd never seen that before. No. And um, and my boy Vilma was calling it, and he's right. He just made that is a, that's the weird thing about Jeremy Chin in this position or whatever he's playing. I don't know what he's playing. I, what do they call him? Is he a safety? Uh, a little linebacker too. Is he a safety? I. Uh, what does he mark sure. down in the book as? Yeah, no, I think safety in the book. I'll, I'll double check. But, I mean, he's playing both. They, they talked about it during the broadcast yesterday. No, no, no. My boy, my boy Vilma was calling. He was just like, he just makes splash, splash plays. He tackles people all the time. He makes a lot of tackles for them. He, does he lead them in tackles? I'm sure he does. Uh, that I'll, I'll double check the, the latest I'm sure numbers it, on that. But linebacker, they have him listed as linebacker and free safety. That's what, that's what <laughs> it said. When you Google Jeremy Chen, linebacker and free safety. Okay. See, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yep. Um. But yeah, so you you get that play, boom! They get back to back touchdowns. It was like, man, Carolina on the a- website. He's listed by as a safety, by the way. Okay. Okay. Sorry. And you know, you're sitting here and you get these plays. You're like, okay, Carolina. Just now, you can just kind of just cruise through because I know you're struggling defensively. Yep. And then, well, I mean, offensively, you're struggling. Just kind of keep it steady. Just eat up the clock, and then. Minnesota they got, got hot gifted in the a quarter. muffed punt on the nine yard line. And yeah, man, that's what I'm saying. You got to be able to finish this game. It's bad. Like you got to be able to finish that. That's game. why it was frustrating. Because like the coaching staff wasn't great yesterday. Um, they know it. They said it. They took responsibility for it. Um, kicker missed a 54 yarder. Could have won it. Um, yeah, that too. That too. And also, even Teddy gave you a chance to get you right back down there. Even at the end, he had been bad. Da, da, yeah, but, but nobody wants to hear that about Teddy right now because Teddy was. I mean, he, look, he went. It was the whole thing. No, was no, he's no. Going back to, I, I'm I, talking about the offense as a whole. Like, well, no, I you, know. you gave yourself a chance. So, like, because you asked they, me they, what people were saying, I'm saying they don't want to hear that. Today. Oh, oh, that's yeah, all. okay, okay. That's I got all. what you're saying. They I don't want to hear that today. Yeah, you're right. He, he, the, the heave to Curtis. But that's what I'm and, saying. They were off on all phases though because the defense gave up the last touchdown. Then the offense. You know, as bad as they were all game, so it's been a minus. They finally had a little bit of something to have something good hope for. And then the kick, your, your special teams failed you. So you had a minus on all ends. You, you yeah. weren't good. You missed a kick. Your offense was not good all day. And then the defense, we gave up the last drive that counted the most. Well, so. yeah, you're right. I, I, would th- I think a disproportionate amount of the blame probably goes on the offense yesterday. Yes, for sure. One offensive touchdown against that. I mean, I know they're pretty right. good on third down, but – Minnesota's defense is no, not. They're not. You know, purple people eaters out there. They're, yeah. it's, that's not that kind they of defense. They played better, though, this, the last month, though. Yeah? Yeah, they have. They, Minnesota has. Oh, yeah. Has yeah, yeah, played yeah. better. Well, the, not Carolina. Minnesota. They just gave up 31 of the Cowboys. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and the Cowboys have some playmakers, but so does Carolina. Yes, they do. You know, but so you, you can't – there's no excuse for seven points against the Vikings I hope defense. DJ Moore is healthy. Um, I saw he went down. That'd be a big. What did you think? By the way, what did you think of the uh, the Broncos Saints situation? You saw this, right? So I didn't see the game. All right, I haven't so what, watched the game, but yet. just the but whole. Yes, the whole situation. You you know the whole all COVID that. situation. Yeah, I didn't even think they were going to play the game, and then they played it, and the receiver played quarterback. I mean, hats off to him for even trying. Um, I wouldn't know what to do if I had to play quarterback. In the NFL game. Dude, I mean, respect to Kendall Hinton, by the way. <laughs> what I think was it, uh, it was Kurt Warner who sent out this tweet earlier. And I liked it because I was thinking the same thing. And so when I saw Kurt tweeted it, I was like, yep, exactly how I felt about it too. He said, um, 
Oh, where he said, mad respect and props for Kendall Hinton. I don't care stats or score. This young man did nothing but battle with the crappy hand he was dealt. Have, yeah. heart, have heart and courage like that. The world of haters, he deserves more shots to get on field doing what he does best. Hashtag take him on my team. I mean, look, I, I'm not going to you know blow it up too much, but I mean, the kid was like, what, he had two like a day to, to, me, to get ready to, to go play the first. He was a, a practice squad wide receiver who played quarterback in college. And didn't even think he was going to dress, I don't think, before that game. And then all of a sudden, he's got to be the starting quarterback. Yeah, and um, they I, I know somebody that knows somebody on the, in the coaching staff over there. And they were saying that they were scrambling. They were like, look, we're trying to put in all Wildcat. We're trying to put in a whole Wildcat offense right now. You know, you know they, they petitioned <laughs> the league to try to have some assistant coaches play quarterback, right? <laughs> you saw that. They petitioned the NFL to try to, to allow them to – I think it was two, two assistant coaches who were former quarterbacks in college. I think both were small, small school quarterbacks. And the Broncos petitioned the league to let them play. They were going to bring one of the assistant coaches off the sideline to start in an NFL game. It's wild, man. That is crazy. Oh, yeah. Did you see what Kareem Jackson said about it? He no. said the league was trying to, to make an example out of him for not following the rules. They could, have, they could have postponed the game, but he, saw, he said he felt like the league was making an example out of the Broncos. I mean, that's a great statement and a great point by Kareem, and he's probably right. He's probably right. <laughs> Kareem he's probably is a right. veteran in the league, Alabama dude. Hats off to him. He's been around a long time. He's playing safety now. But, but you know what? You it, are correct. He, Kareem's probably right. He's probably right, but at the same time. It, I mean, when look, the, the, the kid, uh, Drew Locke, came out and apologized and said uh, that we – like, so – the quarterbacks apologize, so they know that they messed up because this is part of it. It's part of the deal. It's part of the deal. It's also funny. It, it is. I, it's kind of unfortunate. But and at the bad. same time, though, but you you know that. But I, Taysom Hill didn't play well either, though. I don't he know. He didn't kill it. I, I don't, don't know think. if Demoris Smith and the NFLPA oversaw overlooked this or what. I don't know. But you know as well as anybody, if they forfeit a game, the guys don't get paid. If there's a forfeit, neither team gets paid, which I think is messed up to the team that doesn't forfeit. But if, they, if there's a forfeit, uh, these guys don't get paid. And so, in some ways, yeah, you're making an example out of them, but I guess it's still better than the alternative where you don't get paid, right? I mean, I would think so anyway. True. So I, I, I never even thought about that aspect of it. You know what? I, well, it just occurred to me a little while ago. I was like, oh, well, yeah, no doubt. Somebody finna play quarterback. Let me get some snaps. Right. I mean, you got TV partners and everything to consider in all these decisions, but, like, fundamentally it was – I would either told, pay, get paid or don't get paid. I would have told my coach, coach, let me let me throw it. Yes, let me sling like, it. Let me sling it, bro. I'm about to get my I'm, start rattling you know, off high school stats, bro. <laughs> I got I got him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got him. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I ain't scared, coach. Let me get out here. I know how to read the defense for the most part. Do you think you would complete a pass over ten yards? Ooh, like catch and run? Yeah, or yeah. I got to throw it ten? No, you got to throw it ten. I mean, I'm probably going to be able to do that. I mean, a slant, just some kind one, of I mean, Kendall Hinton only got one yesterday. I'm just saying. I mean. And nine attempts. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It depends on how many attempts I mean, I think get. about, like, you uh, on, on the other side at safety, looking at a guy who hadn't played quarterback in years and had no business playing quarterback in the NFL. Bro, he, they probably playing me for all kinds of stuff. First of all, I'm throwing, I'm throwing like two of these bitches deep <laughs> off top. They gonna back up. You know what I'm saying, Coach? I'm rip. I'm telling going you, over the top. I'm going over the top, Keep bro. Keep them honest. It's like walking Earth, into prison. No you, hit the, you hit the biggest no dudes you can see. Coach, I'm telling you, Coach, you need to let me back these motherfuckers up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna throw it quick. I know, I'm, I know, I ain't got but like 40 like, yards for real. I like that you know mentality. I mean? But I'm gonna get it within. Hey, Coach, I'm gonna look right and I'm, I'm going deep left. Somebody need to get ready because when I see him, I'm gonna let it rip. I know about where he's gonna be at. 
we're going to be good. I like that mentality. <laughs> it's that mentality when you walk into prison, you hit the biggest dude you can find just to send a message. I get, Kyle, that would be, if I had to play, if I was, if I was hitting, that's what I would say. Coach, you got to let me let this thing rip. Yeah, well, yeah. Just, you got to back him up because if I, because I never thought about that, Kyle, until you said, you know, if I'm a DB looking at a dude, dude, I'm sitting on everything. 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 Yes. Like, I can't wait. You can't take enough chances. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because if he's wide open, he's probably still going to be an inaccurate throw. Absolutely. This is not what he does. Absolutely. Like, so, yeah, he's probably you play gonna, your odds. There's a decent chance he's going to miss it all together. Exactly. You play the odds. See, I like that mindset, too. So, Here's when a, you say that, I'm like, man, as a quarterback, how would I combat that? I was going to say that makes sense because on the other side, then you've got to think, well, these dudes don't respect me. Let's make them put some respect on my name right now. We're going over the top. If right we hit now. it, that's a tone changer. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's, a that's, a, that's when I'm turning to the sidelines oh, like, I love that. motherfucking boom, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> boom. <laughs> that's what I'm doing, Kyle. Oh, that's fantastic. That's what I would do. That all right? That would be the trash talking shit that I would say. That is funny. No, I get <laughs> it. But that's the thing. That, but you know what that performance also was? It was a reminder to any dude out there who was a pretty good high school quarterback. It ain't the same. Or you were a D3 college quarterback. You could not step <laughs> off your couch, you know, with a couple of months in the weight room. Get out there and do that, buddy. You couldn't. There's <laughs> a, a whole lot that goes into it. Kyle, you know what? The older I get, I love the fact that I get to meet more people that actually believe that they could, Kyle. It's the best. <laughs> it's the best. All right, listen, I, got a, I hope he never hears this. I got a buddy, a good friend of mine, and I love him to death. He is otherwise completely sensible, Roman, otherwise completely sensible. And he tried to tell me, I think it was two or three years ago, this guy's a pretty good tennis player, played in high school, um, all that good stuff, told me that he thinks he could win a point off Serena Williams. That He, he could do it. He could, okay. he could win a point off Serena Williams. <laughs> I fell off the chair laughing at him. And I said, you don't – and I thought, I thought he was – I said, you don't mean that, right? And he was like, no, I know I could. Like, I'm, I'm good. Like, you know, and then there's the whole male-female physiology dynamic. Like, mm -hmm. I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, you've never stood across from anything or anyone like Serena Williams. You could absolutely not win a point off of – matter of fact, I think he said he could win a, a game on Serena Williams. And, mm -hmm. I mean, I just – I was stunned that any rational person otherwise could think that you could not do that. It's yeah, not possible no. for you to do that. No. I, I mean, how old was this guy? And he really – I, I mean, yeah. how great of shape – man, look, I, I don't – I can't even get the tennis ball to land on the other side. Right. So, I don't even play and try tennis. That's not my thing. No, I'm in awe of people who do it really well. I can do racquetball a little bit. Yeah. But I'm not great at it. I'm just pretty athletic. Tennis and is I'm, fun, by the way. It's a good workout. I'm just not a great tennis player. But I, I'm impressed by people who are because that's a tough game. I agree. I agree. That's a tough, to tough game. To hit that ball the way they do it, I'm – Completely. And I don't know about your boy getting a point on Serena. It's absurd. The whole thing is absurd. Yeah. So what did Camille say about this beard? The beard? Yeah, man. No, I, well, I told you. Did we talk about this on the last podcast? Uh, we didn't talk about it. But Are you talked sure? About, we talked about the, the weight loss. Oh, yeah. No, so that, that's what it was. So yeah. like, for anybody out there, I'm you know, constantly gaining and losing 20 pounds because that's my life. <laughs> um, but no, I, I need to get my butt back in shape. And so I, Roman, what, the bet was I had to get to 225 and stay there and I had to shave my beard. Well, no, you Look said at this. You I got a professional. Hair. I mean, it's done, man. What no, do no, mean? no. It is. It's it's lower. That's what I'm saying. It's already down a little bit. So you. So that's did. what you. Okay. So you. Do, that. This is what you, you want to talk about. Well, I just. I thought you were going to. Uh, if it happens, 
you gonna, are you still in for cutting it all the way off? I told you what her response was, right? Yeah, she said she was like, what does Roman have? Roman doesn't make those decisions. That was her response. She <laughs> exactly. said, oh, does, does Roman make decisions in this house now? That was her response when I told her that. Uh, That's Ro- what I was wondering. Was that even still on? Because I, I still want you to I encourage you to go do it. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go do it. I'm, I have to go do it. I don't want to be a fat dad. So I got to get I'm, I got to get my ass in gear and do it. But like. Yeah, she was like, oh, so Roman it makes the decisions in this house now? Is that what I'm being told? And her favorite thing to do is to act like she doesn't prefer me with a beard or like me with a beard, but then when it comes up with my mom or whoever else, she's like, don't let him tell you that I make him keep a beard. It's up to him. And I'm like, oh, really? Because every time I talk about cutting it off, anytime I, I mentioned Roman talking about cutting it off, and you were just like, uh-huh, really? Roman makes decisions? So I hope to God she doesn't hear this. But yeah, that's, she didn't uh, – she did not approve of your plan, Roman. She Man, didn't. She didn't approve. Sorry, Kyle. That's what I mean. I'm just trying to keep Mama Bear happy, bro. <laughs> Is that what you're trying to do? No doubt. I'm just trying <laughs> to keep Mama Bear happy, bro. No, I got it. I went back and I. This is my first. Um, I like it. Th- it's, this it's is my good fr- look check. On this you. out. My first in uh, uh, eight months. Haircut. First haircut. Beard. All of it in eight months. I had it to go. Good. Shout out to uh, Charlotte Barber and Beard for hooking me up. My regular guy was. Uh, he's not operating right now. And so I went over there, and uh, Tiffany took incredible care of me. So it felt good to be treated like a civilized human again. There we go. And get, uh, uh, get just all touched up. Man, I got the hot towel. I got the whole treatment, man. That's good. The world felt normal for like an hour and 15 minutes. It Did was awesome. Did she use a uh, razor blade? Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, that's good. You got to have a license and all that stuff. So that's legit. Yeah, so my, regu- state of North Carolina. So my regular guy was not available, and I was kind of bummed about that because he that's what he does. He's so good at all of it. Um and yeah, I got lucky that somebody else was able that that's the like, I think that's such an underappreciated thing about being a dude mm-hmm. that I, we I don't think we talk about it. And I certainly don't tell like my wife knows that I like it and that it like I, I sometimes I get that when, the, when I go get a haircut, <laughs> the treatment. But like she gave me a temple massage. I got the hot towel. I got the lotion. I got the oil like the whole it was like, man, this is what it's all about. And I felt like life was normal and, you know, there was no social distancing and all that good. I guess in this case, there wasn't. I think most people do that, um, especially uh, women do it when they get their feet and nails done, too, all the time. Yeah. No, it's they just get the treatment. That, But it, it's such an underappreciated part of being a dude is still to get that straight razor shave. Yeah. It's the best. You so can't beat I, that. I, my um, my barber usually uses clippers, man. But um, when he does use the razor, it does. It is good. But for me, I don't I don't have the same type of hair. No. Well, not the, the, the growth process that you do. I just don't. <laughs> I can get a beard, but it's just not the same. And mine's a lot more gray. And me being on TV, I'm not trying to be all the way gray yet. So not, not my rookie year. Do you have, like, do you get the full barbershop experience when you go? Like, or is that? <laughs> no, man. I just go and get my hair cut. You know, he'll shave me up. You know what I mean? And then, then I'm out. Um Okay. I don't do that. Oh, the, no, I meant like, you know, you go in, you, you know people at the barbershop. Like oh, yeah, of okay. course. Right. Yeah, yeah. So my barber, so I only got like a couple barbers. I got a barber on the West Coast, all right? In L.A., I got a barber out there. I got a barber in New Orleans, and I got a barber back home in Alabama, and, oh. I, got, and I got a barber here. Okay. So That's how many it. is that? Four. So, so you got them in Charlotte, you got them in New Orleans, mm-hmm. you got them where else? In Prattville, Alabama. Pratt, okay, of course. And then, and, and then in the West Coast. L.A., you said? Uh, yeah, L.A. How about that? Look at you. I got a barber on. I got it. That's big time. I mean, it's not big time. It's just. Well, no, but, like, that's clutch, man. I mean, it's very much so clutch. Other than that, I don't let nobody else cut my hair. Well, no, you're like, you, you find some people you trust. You let right. see. I, I found somebody the other day that I trust now, too. Yeah, see? That's, I, I think that's, when it comes to men and haircuts, I think that's the biggest thing 
like some dudes don't care about that stuff at all. But for me, that's important. I get my hair cut a lot. Well, I just I get my hair cut like every week. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, it's not about being pretty for me. I just, you know, you want to look nice anyway for your right, lady, especially. Right. But like, I just like being, you know, tight cut just so I'm not sweating and all that other stuff. <laughs> I just I like it better that way. I don't blame you. Kyle. No, I get it. I, I totally get that, man. I really do. So that that was nice to be able to do that all over again. Uh, before we get out of here. I want, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, what, what did you want to know? Because I want to know. All right. Basketball starts in how many weeks? Three, four weeks? Oh, NBA. Yeah. All right, NBA December start. 22nd. All right, got it. Yeah. But how, I mean, how great could LaMelo come off if they, like, this pick works out? I think it's, like, really good that he's here in Charlotte. I think it could do a lot of really good things for Charlotte, like bring some highs. And people would be excited to watch if this kid does well. I, I really, truly feel that way, Kyle. And he's going to bring some more attention so to this, you think, this so, squad. So LaMelo Ball in Charlotte. We, we haven't talked about this yet. No, have we? we have not. Damn, I didn't even – I've talked so <laughs> much about LaMelo Ball that I didn't think – I didn't realize I hadn't talked about it with you. LaMelo Ball's in Charlotte. Yes. And uh, that is – yeah, we're going to be seeing a lot of LaVar Ball around here. Yes. Um, this, I, this, what this I want to know it all. I have said this. I'm going to try to stay consistent because I don't ever want to come across as anything but authentic when it comes to how I talk about people. Uh, not, I was not a big fan. Of yes. LeVar Ball in the beginning. There are still things about LeVar Ball that I haven't loved. All that said, mm-hmm. man gets credit for where credit's due. He's got three sons, all of whom are professional basketball players. He's got two sons that were drafted second and third overall. Um, you know, so he, you know, th- there are some things that LeVar Ball deserves credit for, and that's one of them. Uh, I've, I've also read some things about LaMelo recently. There was that piece in The Athletic about how uh, um, – you know, he played that year at the Spire Academy up in Ohio. Yeah. And I heard it wasn't, didn't go that great. Well, it didn't go that – but it wasn't because of LaMelo. It was just the whole, you know, the the, the Facebook reality show and just mm-hmm. the whole circus of it all. Not just that, but the entire circus of that season. I think that was the year between him playing in Lithuania and Australia. Yes. And so, yeah, so it didn't go well. But the article that was written was by a guy named Joe Varden. And from, like – the vast majority of the people that he talked to, they all kind of came back with LaMelo's a good kid. You know, he's like, he's a humble, you know, pretty well-adjusted kid considering everything that he's come up in. And yeah, uh, it's been crazy, you know? And so that's like, that's really encouraging. Um, yeah. You know, and, and I was always kind of a little bit questioning, like, I just hope it doesn't mess up LaMelo. Yeah. By like, you just sometimes wish you would have had a normal high school. Well, that's, or and that's why I kept saying, like, I'm not, I'm not going to hold, you know, my, the fact that I didn't love his dad against the kid that's he's his own man right you know so that's not i should know that's not fair to do to anybody no, so i'm not gonna do but that you to never did that though but but i know and that's what i'm saying but i kept wanting to make that clear like i'll just let's see because he's talented mm-hmm. i think that much i know is true um i didn't bring this up today but i talked to a, a friend who was actually on the golf course with a former uh not just division one head basketball coach but a, a hall of famer uh, a couple of days ago and you'd know this guy Again, Hall of Famer, and he said he thinks LaMelo was by far the most talented player in the draft and said that – Multiple people have said that. Yeah, and, <laughs> and he also said, like for Hornets fans that are listening, he also said that he thinks that Gordon Hayward is a hell of a player and is going to be great this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he said he thought that uh, – and this was not you know him talking to a Hornets fan who wanted to hear good information. He was talking to a guy who actually isn't a Hornets fan but lives here and asked him about it. So, you know, I, I put a little bit more – um, weight on that. But yeah, the guy was like, yeah, LaMelo's the most talented player in this draft, no doubt about it. So I'm excited. Uh, the kid's got like 5.3 million Instagram followers or something <laughs> ridic- ridiculous like that. Ridiculous. And, and on, on top of being a pretty good basketball prospect, he's a damn good business decision. 
Um, because people are going to buy his jerseys. They're going to come <laughs> out to watch him play. They no get, they're going to want to get a look at LeVar Ball courtside, um, <laughs> you know, when he is in town. And, I mean, they got a chance to be okay this year. I mean, in the Eastern Conference, I don't think great by any stretch, but they're going to be interesting. And, yeah, I mean – It is the East, you know what I mean? It's a lot of national – like, they're, they're going to get a couple of nationally televised games this year that they probably wouldn't have gotten otherwise Correct. so that people can get a look at LaMelo Ball. Because he's got more Instagram followers than half these networks do. And so, like, they're going to want to put this kid on national television. You know, I never even thought about it from that avenue, Kyle, but you're so correct. I want to look – I want to see real quick. Because that's one area where the NBA does The NBA real, does that, – that matters kill. to the NBA. Oh, now. my God, yeah. The NBA kills When they say the NBA cares, media. they say the NBA cares. That's yep. one thing they do care about. Yeah, the NBA um, – NBA on TNT. Let's see. Oh, they actually – so they, I think they have less – but it's not by much. They have 5.3 million uh, NBA on TNT, which is actually more than I thought they had uh, by a couple million. And LaMelo has 5.9 million. So he still has 600,000 <laughs> followers more than the NBA on TNT. Uh, so, yeah, he's a good business decision for the, for the Hornets, for the NBA, for you know these networks. So they'll probably – I think they had two nationally televised games last year, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, they might get four or five this year. I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be surprised if they got four or five this year. Maybe okay. more, possibly. You know, yeah, depending especially on the, they start winning. Well, and there, I think there's a chance they will. I, I know that, you know, for anybody who's come, you know, searching and seeking out this podcast, maybe for the first time, they probably didn't know they were coming in for Hornets basketball talk. Uh, but Roman and I do live in Charlotte. So, yeah, hey, we're here. If you hadn't figured that out by now. I think it's cool. Um, puts more attention on Charlotte. And then with Gordon Hayward coming and, you know, the next year for guys like P.J. Washington and Mm -hmm. uh, Malik Monk and Devontae Graham and you factor in Rozier and, I mean, Miles Bridges, they could be tough. Like, they they could be. I don't know. We'll see. It's hard to get your hopes up if you're a Hornets fan. I just want to see Malik Monk do well. I want to see that as well. I really do. All right. Well, I'm glad we uh, we got that in. Let's wrap this up. Uh, Good getting back together, buddy. We'll do it again soon. All right, man, be good. Sorry, that's my wife's uh, thing. Oh, like, no, his, his wife's looking for him. We got to go. No, 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 that's, that's my mom. It says Miss Harper, so I'm thinking my wife. But so it's you actually... got confused? You, look, it's, uh, there's a woman in the Harper family that needs to talk to him. We got to go. For Roman Harper, I'm Kyle Bailey. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs> Appreciate it, man.